sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Trout's turning into Mike Trout, the real Mike Trout, a little early this year. Normally, he falls apart and disappears in June and July. So he's great, meaningless baseball in April and May, disappears in June, July, and then turns around and plays good ball in late August and September. This year, he's going to go uh, do us a little favor. He's going to disappear in May. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Opposite. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio and Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Wednesday, May 12th. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-T-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well right here on an Opposite Picks Wednesday. Well, LeBron is a wall. Celtics pride is certainly a wall. Rare performance from Steph Curry last night. Number nine for KC, number 10 for Otani. Another lesson on how you can't beat the boys in Vegas, or can you? Uh, A's could be moving. Where have we heard that before? White men can't jump, but they can ball. Uh, give me a call, Fernando. Bullet Bob says, my bad. Trout versus the Wetzel Black Cloud. Who do you have? Bad beat watch continues tonight. And, of course, or this morning. Uh, and, of course, opposite picks. We'll get to all those stories. Push your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here. Again, on a Wednesday, May 12th. What's up, LLs? How are you on this uh, Wednesday morning? Four minutes past the hour. Taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do. A lot to get to, as we always have. We got some baseball stuff. Uh, we got our boy Mike Trout at it again. Uh, we got Otani doing something special, I suppose. Uh, we got the uh, Kansas City Royals nearly doing something special last night. We got the LeBron missing another game. AD is hurt again. And a Lakers win over the uh, New York Knicks. Uh, and uh, we got a bunch of uh, hockey stuff and uh, football stuff to get to as well. Of course, we got to have our daily uh, Aaron Rodgers story. Of course, what would life be without that? And Bullet Bob Baffert at it again, saying, oops, my bad. And uh, everything. Uh, every time we think we're finished with the coronavirus, uh, we get slapped in the face with reality. So a lot to get to over the next two hours. Again, 844-843-6879. Hence the name of the show, Opposite Picks. So why don't we start there? A little recap, shall we? We do our Opposite Picks for those who can only listen hour number one. We do Opposite Picks every day at uh, 640 Eastern Time, hour number two. So if you want to, you can always catch that on uh, on demand wherever you get your uh, your podcast. We uh, replay the shows there. So we run down five, six, seven games, as uh, you may or may not know. So why don't we check out and see how we did last night, shall we? Honestly, I don't know. I, I forget sometimes. There's so many games that we play and consider, and the lines change so much. I stick to the lines that we had in the morning. I know some of these games, they change like four, five, six points 
uh, when you're talking point spreads uh, in the in the NBA. So uh, we had Minnesota as the uh, the real play. The opposite pick was Detroit plus seven and a half. That was a loser. Uh, that that uh, Pistons team just absolutely blows. Clearly. Um, just checking out our opposite picks hour number one here. Scott Wetzel sitting in, as we always are, welcoming in our full audience, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. So 0-1 there. Celtics lose again, which we'll get into. Just pathetic. Just absolutely. Every time you think you've seen a new low with the Celtics, uh, you know, or you think you've hit rock bottom, uh, they give you a new low. Embarrassed again, second straight game by Miami. I tell you that they may be uh, two and out uh, when it comes uh, the, these play-in games because they're going to be in the play-in game now. So they realistically, they may be in that 7-8 game. They may lose that, and I'll tell you what, they're not beating Washington if they have to play the Wiz in that second game. So 0-2 there. Uh, we did hit on the under 234.5 Philly, Indiana going opposite. Don't understand the last two Indiana Pacer games. They went 7-8. of eight where the winning team had 130, not 110 or 120, 130 points or more. They were scoring a bunch. They were giving up a bunch. And now these last two games, it was like real NBA basketball. It didn't even come close. Not even close. It was 104-93, something like that last night. Uh, So that went way under. So that was a winner. Uh, We like Phoenix yesterday laying five. They lose outright. I'll run down all these scores because for some reason or another, we feel compelled not to give scores in our updates. We might be the only network that has sports updates that doesn't like giving scores. I, I, you know, a gambling network, no less. I, you know, I just, I I don't, I don't get it. Whatever. Leave it alone, Scott. Leave it alone. Um, Golden State plus five. That was an opposite picks winner. Uh, Orlando plus 14 against the Bucks. It's Milwaukee team. What you know? They won the game, but uh, they didn't cover the fourteen-point spread after getting blown out the night before at San Antonio. Just completely embarrassed. Like there's no pride anymore. You know, gamblers always had this edge of whenever a team got blown out, and it's going to happen. You know, in, in a you know normally eighty-two game schedule, but you could count on that team bouncing back. That was like an extra little chip on their shoulder that you was a better like. Wow, you you look for spots like that, right? Not anymore. They lose by 20-plus points at San Antonio yesterday. Eh, Who cares? We look like crap on national TV. Eh, Who cares? We get embarrassed. Eh, Who cares? You know, and they come out lackluster, and they beat a god-awful Bucks team, but they don't cover the spread. Or Magic team, rather. And then uh, OKC failed to cover. They stink. So what do we go? 0-1, 0-2, 1-2, 2-2, 3-2, 3-3. Going opposite or straight. There you go. Opposite picks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Horton Tucker on him. Randall, he'll let it fly from three. Oh, cash money. Julius Randall gives the Knicks the lead with 110 left in the first OT. He's working with Randall. Matthews on Randall. Just backs his way in. Help comes. Randall in trouble and a travel. Up 26 seconds. Shot clock down to eight. Here's Horton Tucker. Three-pointer on its way. It's good. Taylor Horton Tucker. It's a two-point game. Scramble. Clock ticks. Clock to two. To one. Barrett with a three. No! And the Lakers win it in overtime. Yeah, the, you know, they've, they've, the last two games, 
dominant with the rebound and they're playing big, they're athletic, you know, and if we don't get a body on someone, and all we got to do is get the, that last rebound, got to hit people. Last shot of the game, that more often than not, that's how games are won. You're listening to Opposite Pitch with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Yeah, TNT there with the call. And then uh, uh, Tom Thibodeau, head coach of the New York Knickerbockers, who lose last night in L.A. to a Laker team that did not have LeBron James. When everything was said and done, LeBron ended up not playing last night. Uh, Anthony Davis did. He tweaked his back or strained his uh, groin, rather, excuse me, his groin. Uh, left the game, says he's sore. No word if he's going to play in uh, Wednesday's, uh, you know, tonight's game. Uh, LeBron is supposed to play, but he was supposed to play last night as the drama around LeBron James, uh, you know, continues. Uh, AD, 43 minutes, overtime game. So he played a lot last night. I just said afterwards that he was sore. So I'm sure they're going to take things real conservatively. If he says he's sorry, I, I wouldn't count on him playing t- tonight. So 101-99, Lakers do beat the Knicks. That's a, that's a tough loss. You, if you're in New York, you got to win that game. You got to find a way to win. Without LeBron there, you know, I know AD played. And I know the Lakers are more than capable. They're like a 500 team. They are, but... You know, the Knicks got one good win on this road trip. You know, they get blown out by Denver. They get blown out by Phoenix. Uh, They do beat the Clippers somehow or another on Sunday. And you got to complete that L.A., you know, uh, daily double. You just, you got to find a way to win it. So they didn't. um, And uh, that's a tough one on 199 loss. And then the last, you know, listen, we all love what Thibodeau has done here in New York. He's brought basketball back. He's made the Knicks meaningful in the NBA. And I don't doubt for a second that that'll continue next year if, they get themselves a big time free agent, as we've talked about before. But you know, Knicks go or, or Knicks uh, Lakers go up one, excuse me, two, one one ninety nine, and a Horton Tucker, whoever the fudge that is, shot right. I mean, Horton Tucker from Iowa State, a second round pick from uh, two years ago. Good gravy! That's how deep in the bench the Lakers are going, right? So Knicks are down two. You have six and a half seconds left. You're inbounding the ball in the front court, and they get the ball to R.J. Barrett, who stands there and stands there and stands there and stands there, and then in the last second decides to throw up a 30-foot three-pointer, not even close. Knicks lose 101-99. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you had a timeout after Horton Tucker, you know, put the Lakers on top. This is the best you can come up with. You're an NBA head coach. You have some close to seven seconds. You're inbounding the ball. You know, this is just a pet peeve of mine because, you know, these coaches, they all think they're geniuses, and we all treat them like they're the greatest things in the world. You got close to seven seconds left. You got Julius Randle, who's having a monster game, 31 points for the Knicks. Do you get him the ball? No. You got Derrick Rose, who's having a monster game, 27 points. Do you get him the ball? No. Who do you get the ball to? A guy who's shooting at that point 2 of 12 for 8 lousy points. 0 of 6 at that point from 3. 2 of 12. That's the guy you get the ball. And it's nothing but just they stood around for 6 seconds. It's like there's no pick. There's no roll. There's no screen. There's no this. There's no misdirection. There's no deception. There's no alley-oop. I mean, it's just... They got it in the Barrett. They stood there, and then he hoisted up a three after dribbling out the final six seconds. That's your NBA head coach. Man, 
Like my five-year-old couldn't come up with that. My dog could come up with that play, for goodness sake. You're supposed to be one of the best head coaches in the NBA. Game's on the line. You're in the postseason. You're trying to beat the Atlanta Hawks. Game seven, you're down two. Is that the play you're going to come up with? Just get the ball to R.J. Barrett. Yeah, I know he stinks. I know he's shooting two of 12. And I know I got two other guys that are playing great. But I get it to Barrett. And uh, I'm not going to set a screen for him. I'm not going to have him do this. I'm not going to, you know, do this or do that. You know, I'm just going to get it to Barrett and that's just uh, one-on-one back. Basketball. And when it's going against five guys, well, that, that's what happens. You end up with a 30 pointer or a 30 footer. Ah, just awful. Awful job overall by the Knicks. One losing the game, and then with a chance to win. You don't even go for the tie. You don't even, you know, try and get the ball down low. You don't get it to ran. It's just ah, I tell you, it's frustrating watching NBA. There's no coaching. There's no defense, although the Knicks do play some defense, but there, there's no strategic moves. It's just Get the ball in, and I'm going home. Go go one-on-one. Go one-on-five. Russell Westbrook, go one-on-four. Yeah, two nights ago, uh, you know, R.J. Barrett, try and go one-on-five. Who cares? Man, just awful. Just awful. If you, if you got a coach who could actually coach, he'd be able to dominate the NBA. Just absolutely dominate. Unlike our boy, Boy Wonder, who again led the Celtics to a 129-121 loss last night. You would have thought, right, Celtics, you know, they lose by six when everything is said and done Sunday to the same Miami Heat team. But if you watch the game and you've heard me, you, you know, they were down 26 in the third quarter. The game was around. It was over. You know, they, they made a little bit of a run there in the fourth quarter, but they got embarrassed Sunday. So rare opportunity on national TV, oh, by the way, albeit the four-letter network, but they had a rare opportunity thanks to the NBA scheduling this year to play that same team at home, get a little revenge. Oh, by the way, you know, a team that you're battling for, for the final, you know, number six spot in the Eastern Conference. As we all know, you don't want to be seven because that deals with the playing game. Six, you're, you're into the postseason, right? So you're battling the Heat. And again last night, after being embarrassed and trashed Sunday by Miami, what do they do? You would think they'd come out flying, right? First half lead, first quarter lead. They're tied at 28 after one. They're down six after two. They're down 14 after three. And the game is over. And they end up losing 129-121. It was a double-digit lead. That eight points, again, just like Sunday, a deceptive score. You think it's a relatively close game. It was not. They were down basically 15 to 20 points the entire way. Uh, you know, and anywhere, maybe in the fourth quarter, I watched some of it again. It was uh, down to maybe 11 or 12 or 13. Um, and unless it was the final seconds there, they didn't get it under 10 until the, the final minute. They got it embarrassed back-to-back games. At home, back-to-back games. That's boy wonder for you. That, that That's Brad Stevens. Uh, I, I just, it's, it's a broken record. I'm not going to go down the road again. But how he keeps his job, I, I just don't get it. Don't get it at all. Warriors, big win last night over the Suns. However, Steph Curry, rare, 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 rare performance. And an even rarer Warriors win when he doesn't play well. Uh, Steph last night, only 21 points, 7 of 22 shooting, 1 of 11 from three-point land. So he was our lone loser in our pyramid of plays. We had him for our NBA prop over 35 and a half because he's trying to fight off Bradley Beal for the scoring title. So, I mean, he tried. He just 
just didn't have it last night. And again, you probably count on one hand at how many. If you told me that Steph Curry would score only 21 points on uh, one of 11 shooting from three, seven of 22 overall, I'd say the Warriors lost that game pretty handily. But rare time where they actually won. Uh, Wiggins with 38 points, monster game out of him. And uh, Poole coming off the bench, uh, chipped in with 20. Even Draymond had 17, and uh, Ken Bazemore with 17. So, or uh, Draymond with 11, and Bazemore with 17. So some of the secondary guys actually came through for the Warriors last night. It was a big, big, big win for, uh, for Golden State. So we'll take a look at the standings next, and we'll run down all the other scores in the NBA. A lot of late scores, a lot of late scores in baseball as well. Dodgers make a comeback, even cover the one and a half. Cha-ching, cha-ching on that one. All that's next. Opposite picks on a Wednesday morning. Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memories, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Seeger this year with the bases loaded two for three. Goes out to the first pitch. Gavin Lux gets a chance here. Lux kills the ball. Way back there. His biggest big league swing. A go-ahead three-run home run. That swing. And now the Mariners are down to their final out here in the top of the ninth inning. Dodgers lead it 6-4. to four. Popped up. This should do it. Left side of the infield, Corey Seager. The Dodgers win it 6-4. Uh, Dodgers Radio Network with the call. Boy, you escaped one last night. Uh, our Walker Bueller play, you know, laying a run and a half, no less. Very difficult, but we came through. Dodgers down 4 1 in the seventh. Uh, and then also in the eighth inning, they're down. And uh, Gavin Lux with a big three run, eighth inning home run. And the Dodgers win 6-4. Not only winning, not only rallying from 4-1 down, but covering the one-and-a-half runs because who's laying minus 260, 280, uh, whatever it ended up uh, finishing up at uh, as a big uh, Walker Bueller favorite yesterday. So Dodgers get the win. And tonight, believe it or not, they're going for back-to-back wins. I saw on the on TV here um, for the first time since late April. I mean, they've gone uh, almost not not quite a month, but they've gone about three weeks without getting back to back wins. The L.A. Dodgers, wow! Uh, how about that? That that is something. So uh, let me run down all the basketball scores, then we'll get to the baseball scene here in a second. Denver uh, beat the Hornets one seventeen one twelve. Our uh, best play on the board over uh, Hornets uh, Nuggets, easy winner. Cha ching, cha ching. Joker with 30. Teacups blew out the Pistons, 119-100. It was the Heat over the Celtics, 129-121. Clippers win in Toronto, 115-96. Good day for some of the favorites. Uh, Pacers, again, I, I don't understand this score, 103-94 over the 76ers. 
Uh, Nets beat the Bulls 115 to 107. That was an easy play, except you just can't have any faith in the Nets. Durant with 21. Zach Levine had 41 for the Bulls. But, you know, if you knew the Nets were going to give you the A game, laying only four and a half against Chicago, <coughs> which I know had won three in a row. But, I mean, the Nets are 10 times the teams the Bulls are. But you just don't know with this Nets team who's playing, who's trying. Grizz all over the Mavs, 133-104. You know, Mavericks lost the battle, but maybe won the wars. Luka didn't get any technical fouls last night. Uh, Bucks beat the Magic, 114-102. They win, but don't cover. Greek Freak with 27. Warriors, I told you, beat the uh, Suns, 122-116. Booker with 34. Uh, in the losing cost for Phoenix, Queens, 122-106 over the Thunder. I don't know why, except the line was high, but that line actually went down. It was nine just before tip-off. I mean, who's putting American money on OKC? They've won two games in two months. Uh, and you're, you, I know, you know, 10.5 is a big number on Sacramento, but, you know, mathematically, heading into last night, I got to check the standings. They were still alive for that final playoff spot, and they beat the snot out of them a couple of nights ago. Why people thought they would be any different last night, I don't know. But there's a great example of how, you know, forget about line movements. If you follow those, you'll go broke. And then the Lakers, again, in overtime, beat the Knicks uh, 101-99. Drummond with 16, Randall with 31 in the losing cause. So baseball last night. So late scores, Dodgers do beat Seattle 6-4, uh, to four, uh, covering again. Buer didn't get the win, but that's okay. They won in his uh, spot. That's what we always talk about. Diamondbacks blow out the Marlins 11-3. to three. Madison Bumgarner. And it's a strange line. I, mean, I guess baseball didn't have any faith in him, uh, but that was Pickham. You know, Bumgarner pitched him fairly well. He's 4-2 and two now, and he got the win at Pickham at home against uh, Miami Strange. The Fathers blew out the Rockies 8-1. to one. They win the battle, but they lose the war. It's a litany of who's who uh, that won't be able to play for a little while. Fernando Tatis Jr. has got the COVID. Uh, of course, he's always asymptomatic. Yeah, the whole world's asymptomatic. God, it's almost like you have the plague. It's okay now to say you have COVID, but if you say you actually have symptoms, it's like you're the devil. You know, you could be Rosemary's baby here. I mean, listen, it's okay to have symptoms. I had them and look at me, you know, give me a call, Fernando. I'll tell you how to deal with it. So he has it. Will Meyer might have it. And then Eric Hosmer was standing next to those two. So he had to get yanked for the game last night. So you have arguably three out of the four, you know, next to Manny Machado. Uh, best hitters, best players on San Diego that won't be able to play anytime soon. And Tatis, Hosmer, and Meyer. Be curious to see what the lines are. Um, I don't think it's up now on FanDuel, but I will check and see how they're going to handle that. Good luck. Uh, San Fran beat Texas yesterday afternoon 4-2. to two. Uh, Let's see. Let's keep it just in order. Why not? Otherwise, we'll lose track here. Uh, so we got the uh, the Astros uh, 5-1 over the Angels. Ah, let's see how our boy Mike Clutch Trout, Mr. Baseball, did last night. Of course, we all know he's the greatest thing in the world. You know, we, we should just submit the MVP voting right now. I mean, the guy is just hands down the best player since Babe Ruth and, you know, probably even better than Babe Ruth. I mean, you could put Babe Ruth and Ted Williams and Hank Aaron all in one. And, of course, Mike Trout, the greatest person in the world, is better than those three guys right combined so let's see how our boy trout did last night uh, i will tell you they lost five to one so he clearly didn't do anything great great uh let's see first time up uh strikeout second time up uh out third time up uh maybe a walk but uh fourth time up uh out 
Another over for Mike Trout. How about that? Against that tough uh, Houston Astros starting rotation of Lance McCullers Jr. and Ryan Presley. How about that? So now, since we uh, need to update our Trout watch, since they announced Albert Pujols was being released, and they really, 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 really need Mike Trout to step up and be a man. He's now three for 19, one RBI. For the month of May, when this pathetic Angels team is going right where they belong, in the basement in the AL West, seven for 34. That's less than 225, people. 14 strikeouts. He has 14 strikeouts, not just more. He has twice as many strikeouts as he does base hits. He's got four lousy RBIs, two home runs. One was a solo shot. One was a two-run blast. So he has one RBI outside of his home runs. If he could take those away, he has got one RBI for the month of May. Now, we're not through the month of May, admittedly. You know, we are on only the 12th, but he's had 10, 11 games. 7 of 34, 4 RBIs. Heading into last night, it was 226, so he's probably down to about 220, 215 now for the month of May. Every single year. And again, you know, once they got rid of Albert and said, Mike, we really need you to step up and be the man. It's why he chokes every August and every September whenever the Angels are in a pennant race, and that's why he chokes every June and July uh, when the Angels fall out of uh, any kind of contention whatsoever. He's just doing us a little favor this year. He's doing it a little bit earlier than normal, but that's okay. Three for 19 for the greatest guy in the history of mankind. Okay. Now, you, you keep on telling me, you apologize, how great Mike Trout is. You keep on saying it. 0 for 3 last night with another strikeout. So now the Angels... Uh, are in last place again, season getting pissed away. And there's Mike Trout doing nothing about it. Uh, 16 and 19. They have a worse record than the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers, they have a worse record than the Seattle Mariners. You couldn't name me two players on the Seattle Mariners. You couldn't name me three on the Texas Rangers and the Angels with Otani, you know, with Pujols up until this past week, uh, with Rendon, uh, with Mike Trout. With Joe Madden as their manager, have a worse record than those teams. They got a worse record than the Kansas City Royals, for goodness sakes. They got a worse, well, no, they don't. I was going to say Baltimore Orioles. They got a similar record to the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, they are pathetic. They, they got one more win than the Pittsburgh stinking Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates. All because of your boy, Mike Trout, the greatest player in the world. So we'll continue our Trout watch, and I'll continue to put the black cloud on him. I will bet him every single night over one, excuse me, over one and a half total bases and over two and a half total hits, runs, and errors, <clears throat> or hits, runs, and RBIs. Oh, yeah. Let's see how, how good your boy is. Let's see if he can beat the Wetzel Black Cloud. I doubt it. Uh, nobody has. Nobody will, but we'll give Trout a chance. I'll keep on betting on him to do well, and he'll continue to stink out the joints. It's a beautiful thing. So 5-1 uh, Astros uh, win last night. 
elsewhere, Major League Baseball. Uh, get to the rest of the scores here before we close up uh, this little segment. Uh, we got the um, uh, Tigers and Royals. Uh, you know what? For a no-nothing game, Tigers had a 7-0 lead in the eighth inning, right? You turn the TV set off, unless you got the over, which was 7.5, 8, which we gave out yesterday as our best play of the day. We got to sweat it out a little bit. Kansas City gets a three-run homer to make it 7-3 in the eighth inning. Great. Bing. Turn the TV set off. They score four runs. The Kansas City Royals on an eight-game losing streak score four in the top of the ninth. They tie the game at seven. Tigers get a walk-off hit in the bottom of the ninth. They win it eight to seven. But that's, uh, you know, talk about a good comeback by a team that lost. Uh, that would be it. Uh, but they, they nine straight losses now for the Royals. A's beat the Red Sox three to two. Boston still can't hit their way out of a paper bag. Metsy scored two in the bottom of the ninth inning, beat the Orioles, Fudge, 3-2. to two. Orioles were our underdog play uh, last night in our 16 uh, parlay. Had a nice 2-0 lead in the eighth inning, and they can't hold on and win, Fudge. All right, we'll look at the other baseball stuff and then uh, more NBA. Opposite picks and all our trends and everything else coming up right here at Sportsman Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This one is to deep left field and gone. Home run for Manny Machado, his fifth of the year. A two-run shot that propels the Padres over the Rockies. It's two to one. Machado sends one out towards right center field. That ball will be away from the center fielder Hampson and will clear the bases. Three runs will score on the triple for Manny Machado that puts the Padres on top. Seven to one. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Padres Radio Network with the call there as uh, San Diego goes into Colorado, takes game one of that three-game series. They got a doubleheader today because of Monday's postponement, 8-1. to one. So big day for the Padres uh, while they are able to play, but who knows what kind of lineup they're going to have out there this afternoon slash tonight, uh, day one of a doubleheader, and then later on. Tonight. In fact, it's a doubleheader. So you got the three main guys, three of the four, Machado can still play. Although maybe it's just a matter of time before, you know, he can't play. And then maybe it's a matter of time before the Padres. Listen, it, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world, right? I mean, if you're the Padres, I don't know what the official rules are, but if Machado for some reason can't play, now you got uh, Tatis, now you got Machado, now you got Hosmer, now you got Will Meyer, and now the Padres are like, hey, listen, we couldn't beat Topeka High with this lineup. You know, we, we lose five, six, seven games in this division. You know, we, we can't afford to do that. We're, we're trying to battle for a playoff spot. Maybe it would be better for them to shut it down for a week. You know, you'd have a whole slew of double headers, but that might be a better option than trying to win games, albeit against one of the worst teams in baseball, Colorado. Uh, I don't know, but I, I just wonder, you know, especially if it's going to be, you know, a week. If it's going to be two weeks, you don't want to do that. But if some of these guys only need to clear uh, their health, like Hosmer, just because he was standing next to Tatis, then, then, you know, that might be a better option. Just, you know, suspend some of these games. But uh, Padres do win last night 7-1 uh, to one as they get the victory. Padres Radio Network. Elsewhere, baseball. Um, 
Or was it eight to one? Let me just double check there. Eight to one, seven to one. Eight to one. So uh, Cardinals beat the Brewers six to one. If you got that at seven, the over under, then you got real lucky because the uh, Cards scored five in the top of the 11th to get that six run, seven total for the game. Goldsmith with a big two run homer. Uh, I don't know why they're pitching a goldsmith with a runner with two bags open, but they did. The Brewers did. He hit the two-run homer to give them the lead. Then a three-run shot by uh, Tyler O'Neill, whoever that is, to make it 6-1. to one. There's your final. Blue Jays beat the Braves 5-3. to three. Every time you think Atlanta's going to come, come out of their funk here, they they you know they lose. Mets did beat the Orioles 3-2. Boy, that's a tough loss for the Orioles. They got a 2 nothing lead. They pulled John Means. Um, you know, he threw a lot of pitches. I get that. But actually, you know what? He didn't. Uh, he threw 74 pitches. Oh, good gravy. I know he's coming off a no-hitter. I know he's coming off a 100-pitch uh, outing his last time. But 74 pitches after six innings with the lousy bullpen you have, you have yourself at that point a one nothing lead, and you're going to yank him. You can't let him go one more inning. I mean, he can't even get to 90, 74. I mean, do these managers just want to get fired? Is that it? Do they, do they want to lose? I mean, you know, you got three innings. That means, you know, at least three guys that you have to count on in the Baltimore Orioles bullpen. I, I mean, I don't care how good they may or may not be in your mind. It's You know, they're not better than John Means, who's been very – he's been terrific. ERA under one and a half. I mean, 1.21. He's throwing shutout baseball. He's allowed just six hits. He has just 74 pitches. <laughs> You just can't bet some of these teams. You know, you got to make notations about this stuff. You know, it's one thing to lose. That's part of gambling. It's going to happen, right? But it's another thing when you lose when the manager is a bozo or, or the head coach is an idiot because he doesn't know how to design a play in the final seconds. I, I mean, you got a one nothing lead. You're trying to win two in a row for the first time in a long time. Your best pitcher's on the hill. He's thrown 74 pitches, and you're going to yank him after six innings because you think your bullpen has got to stop the Mets for three innings. Just crazy. Uh, you know, it just – I don't get it. I don't get it. So uh, the Orioles score one in the eighth uh, on a bunt, no less, believe it or not. Mets score one in the bottom of the eighth to make it two to one. Then they score two in the top of the – or bottom of the night to win it three to two. And there's John Means, and there's the manager of the Orioles just walking off the field as losers saying, what happened? How'd that happen? We were leading two nothing. It happened because you don't have to manage a baseball game. That's what happened. Patrick Mazika. Boy, does he look like a geek. Hits a ground into first base, bases loaded, uh, or second and third anyway, and uh, infield in for the Orioles, and uh, the Mets win. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. I bring it up only because he celebrated like he hit a walk-off, uh, you know, grand slam. I mean, they were mobbing him over at first base, and I'm saying to myself, he hit a grounder to the first baseman <laughs> with the infield drawn in. It's not like he even hit a sacrifice fly. I mean, he hit a lousy grounder to the first baseman. So, but uh, that was the hit that produced the winning run. Uh, Albert Almora crashed into the center field wall. The Mets are falling apart. You know, the Padres got the uh, the COVID situation. Mets got the injury situation. We know about the DeGrom. Now Almora crashes into center field. And then nothing for nothing. I don't know if you saw this player or not. I think it was the seventh inning. Mets down one nothing. Jeff O'Neill, two out. Hits a shot into the gap. Should be at least a double, if not a triple, but certainly a double. And he pulls up lame about, mm, I don't know, literally six, seven, 
maybe eight feet from second base and allows himself to be tagged out. Now, watching it, you thought the guy pulled a hamstring and he was done or ripped a ligament ACL. We've seen stuff like that happen all the time, right? I mean, we really thought it was a serious injury. For him to stop running, like he he basically just stopped in his tracks. And, the you know, the, even the second baseman who got the throw from the outfielder was like, really? Okay, I'll tag you out. You know, I, I mean, it almost seemed like there was like a an umpire saying timeout or something. So as it turns out, he had a cramp. And I'm thinking to myself, a cramp? It's a one nothing game. I, I, like I said, I think it's seventh inning. And you, you should be standing on at least second base with a stand-up double. You stop literally five to no more than ten feet away from the base. Like, you couldn't hobble to second base. You stop in your tracks. You allow yourself to be tagged out because of a cramp? Wow. You know, for a guy that was in all this controversy over the rat raccoon and all that other goofiness, uh, who knows what really that, that that debate was or discussion was in the Mets dugout on Friday, I, I just that that was very weak. You know, if you blew out your hamstring, I get it. You blow your ACL, MCL, I get it. But you're going to stop and allow yourself to get tagged out in a one nothing game late in the game because of a cramp. Very weak. Very very weak. But. If you bet the bets, no worries, as they win 3-2. to two. Uh, Indians beat the Cubbies 3-2 last night. Shane Bieber did it again. <clears throat> he might be the least hyped. He is somewhat. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, he, you know he's not in the uh, the Garrett Cole, you know, the, the Walker Bueller, the Max Scherzer, you know, those guys of, of the world. But Bieber struck out eight last night. He's now struck out eight in 20 straight games. He has the major league record every time out. He extends his own record. So uh, he did it again last night. Cleveland beat the Cubbies 3-2. to two. And uh, that's basically it in the world of baseball. Bryce Harper, a solo home run, helping the Phillies uh, win. Uh, Pirates beat the Reds 7-2. to two. So uh, Pittsburgh uh, getting a win after losing the opener in that series. And, uh, oh, the Stankies. Oh, yeah. How can we forget about them? Stankies beat the Devil Dogs 3-1. to one. Tampa Bay, three hits. Three hits. Three lousy hits. No shutout last night for a rarity. I stopped keeping track of that. I kind of forgot about that. But we had a bunch of one-run games. Rockies won. Angels won. Brewers won. Devil Dogs won. Baltimore, two. A bunch of others with two. Boy, two runs or less. Rangers, Cubs, Reds, Devil Dogs. Nationals, that's five. Orioles, Red Sox, Brewers, Angels, Rockies, that's 10. 10. About half the teams yesterday scored two runs or less. Wow. That that is amazing. Yesterday, our bad beat watch. Uh, This is, I got to tell you, uh, you know, I got to chalk this one up to uh, just craziness. So in our pyramid of plays, our best play on the board, I told you, if anything else with this show, we do tend to let you know where phony lines are. We actually, you know, I'll pat myself on the back. We do a pretty good job. You know, we, we don't always hand out winners. No, no one's ever going to do that. But what I, what I tell you yesterday, I said Washington, the Capitals, were the best play on the board. It's a meaningless game for both teams. 
But I loved Washington yesterday because, and this is where you get insights when you watch some of this stuff, that really there ought to be like a group, like I'll watch these teams, you watch those teams, and you watch this team. Um, because when you watch stuff, you, you do get insights, right? So I watched the Bruins-Islanders game from Monday. Boston wins in overtime. They clinched the number three seed. I told you yesterday, they celebrated like they won the Stanley Cup championship. I mean, they really, really, really were gunning for the number three seed to face Washington in the first round versus the number four seed. I think more than anything else, they wanted to make sure that last night's game was meaningless. Even though the playoffs don't start until Saturday, they got a bunch of days off, but they, they wanted to have that free game. So they needed to beat the Islanders in order to accomplish that. And they did. And I told you they celebrated. And and they faced Washington in the first round of the playoffs. So I said, this game means absolutely nothing to them. It doesn't mean anything to Washington either, but they're playing at home, last home game, before the postseason, blah, 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 blah. I, I thought they, they would play a little bit harder than the Bruins, and that was the case. Washington had all the starters. They had Ovechkin. They had uh, Backstrom. They had all the guys. They were all in there playing the whole game. Boston uh, sat 80% of their starters. If you go by salary cap or main guys, we'll say, with hockey, you know, they're, they're starters, but there's first line, second line. If you want to go by salary cap, they were saying last night, over $62 million in salary cap money was sat last night. So they had a bunch. There was no Tuka Rast, no Bergeron, no anybody, right? Loved, loved, loved Washington. How can't you? Line goes up to minus 185. It was minus 115 yesterday. Not going to lay the minus 185. We take the Capitals in regulation minus 135. Easy money. Easy money. First period, no goals. All right, no big deal. Boston's got some stiff in there at goal. Never heard of them. Swayman, John Swayman, Jay Swayman. Who cares? We got Backstrom. We got Ovechkin. We got Hagelin. We got them all. We got Mantha. Second period, Boston scores. The Bruins score. With the guys you couldn't even you know pronounce their name. Everybody know who they are. Capitals score just before the period ends. About the three minutes left to tie it at one. And we got to start sweating this out a little bit. Third period comes. No, no worries. Uh, you know, the, the Caps will really kind of put the, the foot to the metal. They'll score a couple of goals. They'll win this one three to one. Five minutes go by, no scoring. Ten minutes go by, no scoring. Fifteen minutes go by, no scoring. Sixteen, no scoring. Seventeen, no scoring. Eighteen, no scoring. Nineteen, no scoring. Nineteen thirty, no scoring. Nineteen forty, no scoring. Nineteen fifty, no scoring. Nineteen fifty-five, no scoring. Capitals score with three seconds left. And they win 2-1 in regulation. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, closing out hour number one. Yeah, <clears throat> if you watched that game last night, well, that was one of the all-time bests. And if you saw the goal by the Capitals, 
I, I still don't know how he scored it. You know, as the clock is winding down, I'm giving up hope and hope and hope and hope. And, and I'm just, you know, resolved to the fact that they're going to – now I'm, like, rooting for the Bruins to just win the damn thing. And the guy was goal line extended. He was on the goal line. He was almost, like, behind the goal to the right of the goalie. And he flips one, just throws one on that. And I don't know how, but he got to pass the goalie. In the craziest – shortest angle possible went over his shoulder and in and they score with three seconds left. In fact, the clock actually went down to one second, but they put a couple more seconds on. But they literally scored no scrum, no three on two. It was just an innocent little dopey play. Let me just throw it on net with two seconds left and they score. Oh, that's phenomenal. That is just great. So it's a beautiful thing. It's the only time I've ever, you know, rooted against my uh, beloved Bruins. But in that case, they did. But give them credit. But, yeah, but, so love that play. And Boston played a bunch of nobodies, and the kids held up tough, uh, you know, against Ovechkin and company. But the Capitals do end up winning. Uh, our poll question for the day. Most overrated player in sports today is, uh, we put Mike Trout. I put Russell Westbrook. I don't think so, but, you know, there is a certain you know, limit to how many uh, triple doubles a guy can get before you just say, well, it's really not that big a deal. Uh, Aaron Judge and the proverbial other. Uh, right now, uh, stanky Aaron Judge leading the way with 45% of the vote. Westbrook, 22 and change. Other, 22 and change. And then Mike Trout, 10%. Some fools actually wrote uh, Tim Tebow, uh, really just, just sacrilegious. Uh, you know, you call yourselves LLs. You know, you're going to burn in hell when you think things like that. Yesterday, which guy's the biggest slime of his sport? Uh, Alex Royd Rodriguez won that 39% of the vote. Tim Donahue, 36. Bob Baffert, 21. And then other with 3% of the vote. All right, one hour in the books, one to go. We are flying. We'll check out all the trends, our prop plays, pyramid plays, opposite picks next hour as well. Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204.